Welcome to Success Talks, an exclusive podcast for our Yellow Magazine contributors. Success Talks features life-enhancing interviews with real people in professional roles and small businesses, providing our listeners tools, insights, and thought leadership to help restore life balance and redefine success. Each interview is varied and includes key lessons designed to help you focus your mind, improve productivity, and enable freedom and fulfillment. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back for another book review with Sharon Lee. This month, we are reviewing The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Sharon, introduce yourself. Hi, Sharon. Sharon Lee here again, and uh, I have another good book to tell tell you all about. And um, myself, uh, I'm a neurodivergent uh, behavioral scientist, and amongst other things, <laughs> a genius, <laughs> a creative. I'm an artist, uh, a number polymath, a number of different things. That uh, yeah. Look at my my LinkedIn webpage if you if you want to know more. Yeah. So today we're talking about this book. And again, it's like, you know, you can see all the, the tabs in it. And I, I marked this one also. And in the beginning of it, it it's funny because it's in three parts. Um, and in the first part of it, I was like, uh-uh, no, no, no. And, <laughs> in the margins and then as and i'm doing it as i'm laughing at myself because it's like ah that's not me that's not me i don't suffer from that and it's like in the little voice in the back of my head is like oh yeah you do and uh, (laughs) what about this you know (laughs) so what it you know this the the um um the subtitle is it the the undertitle that uh, it says break through your blocks and win your inner creative battles now some people don't like um, in the reviews people don't like well i don't like the war metaphors you know why does everything have to be in a war metaphor you know and and, but it fits yeah i agree because it is a battle it's an ongoing battle um I, i keep thinking is there a better metaphor and of course probably right after we tape this i'll be contacting tammy and going i found a better metaphor for it but up until then (laughs) it works it works and it works well um uh, because you can think of it in terms of strategies it also fits really well and dovetails with um the flow state the art of impossible the um stephen kotler book uh kind of mapping out our recipe for that so this this actually i would say almost read this one first and then read the stephen kotler book and i read this a long time ago and i must have been because i didn't remember it was like like i never read it before um and the guy who wrote the foreword um robert mckee and he said ah he probably asked me to do this <laughs> <laughs> because I needed it, you know, he said he wrote it for me is what he says. And as I'm going through it, I'm thinking, oh, this is the perfect, perfect time for me to be rereading this. And so, you know, kind of serendipitously picking it up and saying, okay, this is the next book I'm going to, to review uh, with Tammy. And it's like, oh, this is the perfect book for right now, because I've got a lot of stuff on my plate. I'm doing a lot of different things. And I'm not just doing the, you know, the coaching and the training in the workshops. I'm also now blending in the artwork. And so I'm having this thing of, of like the, the, well, the writing is fun, but the artwork is really fun. So I've been asking myself lately, am I procrastinating on the writing stuff by doing the, the artwork stuff that I love? And because now that is, a priority and i'm using it it's like oh my gosh have i put in my procrastination thing, <laughs> my go-to procrastination thing you know up front in such a way that it's it's a um a more poisonous procrastination thing. i mean you know so my head is very full right now you know from reading this and and you know so i'm doing a lot of laughing at myself as i'm reading i'm like oh god no uh. so 
my advice is just power through the first part. Okay. Because <laughs> what he's opens doing opens up wounds. <laughs> yeah. Ah, like, oh, no, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> I've been hiding that from myself for such a long time. I know, I know, I know. And um, so it's like power through the first part um, and just, you know, grit your teeth and, and get through it. And then the second part is about um, the combating the resistance. It's like, you know, what to do with it? You know, how do, how do you do that? And like the one quote, uh, I like, it's one thing to study war. It's another to live a warrior's life. And it really resonates with me because I'm always telling people, claim it, claim who you are, you know, stop apologizing for who you are. And, you know, it's just that that is a red thread that runs through everything, my coaching, the, the um, consulting, all of it. And so I changed it a little bit when I did the written book review for this. And it's, you know, it's one thing to study a creative life. It's another thing to live a creative life. And all of us who are entrepreneurs or who are, who are building anything that we're building, it is the, the creative warrior, you know, because we have to fight against people saying, you know, people, um, it's one of the parts of resistance that, that I don't particularly suffer from. Um, um, because if somebody, it actually gives me, <laughs> it actually fuels me. Um, other people, it brings it, them to their knees. If people saying, you know, oh, that's already been done. You know, who are you to do that? You know, so stuff like that, I don't happen to suffer from, but I know a lot of people who do. Um, but it's still there and it's constant. It's constant, you know, the way that the world seems to push back at us as we're trying to do our amazing stuff. And so if we choose the life, you know, it's it, because we have to choose it. And so this is kind of what he speaks about. Uh, and then that's when he gets into the third part of beyond resistance. And that part of it is about the choosing it, but really choosing it, mm -hmm. you know, embracing it all, and what embracing comes with it, the whole including thing. the resistance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But and, and mostly, um, and he's, he talks about invoking the muse, um, and different people call it different things. Um, the, you know, the the you know the creative spirit, the genius, God. You know, there's any number of things that people use that label for. Uh, and so, and this is where it gets into um, crossover and overlap with the um, um, this um, Stephen Kotler book the art of impossible and, and being in flow. And so it's, you know, how do we, how do we engineer our lives and strategize to make sure we can tap into that, you know, to our creative states and then just don't deviate. And so it's like the, the ones that say that, that um, somebody has a, a secret of, of, you know, for writers. Now, he, a lot of times he'll be speaking about writers, but it's everybody. And it, and that's another thing that, that I always speak about, that everybody is creative. And I know that creative, you know, humans are creative animals. So anything that we're doing, um, we just have to be a warrior about it. And I, I do like that word. Because um, a lot of times people think that, you know, the warriors kill. And I'm like, mm, not always, you know, warriors protect, warriors build, you know, warriors like ninjas. I did not know that that in the beginning, ninjas were engineers. You couldn't be a ninja without being an engineer. Now, don't ask me where I've read that. And it's but I was studying something and I came across it and I was like, what? I was like, that's amazing. That's an amazing thing. Um, and, and so there's this, there's this, um, or has been, you know, that warriors are, you know, they are um, uh, tearing things apart and the, the destructiveness, but it's not that. It's, a, it's one of those situations of both and. Um, but we do have to be the protectors of ourselves and the protectors, protectors of our creative spirits. 
and ferocious at times. It's like, for example, saying no, you know, that's part of the warrior, you know, carving out time for ourselves, part of being the warrior. And it's, and choosing to do something that people want us to do and choosing the time to, to be in a creative state and have more stillness and, and, you know, choose to, to build a strategy around that, which means not the choice of just choosing it, but the choice of choice of what, what we're saying no to and get, and putting, you know, barriers and boundaries around what we do. And so it's great. The book is great for that. Um, again, the first part of it, you just have to like, ah, because <laughs> he just stripped you back and you can't, you know, there's no, you know, there's no, you know, you got to go through it. You got to go through it. And then when you get into the second and third parts, by the time you come out the end, you're like, yes, yes, yes. But what are you yes for? So I, I can only imagine people listening to this mm-hmm. would be like, okay, cool, art creative cool what what does that even mean to me they don't um understand the full impact of that so what's the so what once you're in that state what does that Mm -hmm. mean for someone uh Mm -hmm. if they're looking for their greater calling or they want to make an impact yeah can you explain more about the well let's you know let's take i mean you take any profession any profession or i'm gonna say any profession any calling, like you say, if if somebody, um, I'm going to keep coming up with engineering with it because um, I've, I've coached and and advised so many engineers. But there's there's um, anybody who's building a business or 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 they're involved in a startup or they're you know they're a founder. I mean, you, you there's so many levels of creativity with that. You're creating something. And so to be able to stand in the doubt and to be able to, you know, build the muscles around, again, saying no, you know, how do you make your decisions? What are your visions based on? What are your uh, values based on? Um, and if your values are based in one thing and it's all, you know, it's, it's, it's essentially knowing that you can, it's stripping everything back and taking a good look, you know, are you walking the talk almost? Um, because we can say we're doing this, um, these amazing things, and yet we still can't say no to things. We still can't carve out time for ourselves. And we still like are chasing almost on a hamster wheel um to please other people whereas the creative the full-on creative self you just go you don't listen to other people you don't listen to the naysayers um i had a conversation um just yesterday with somebody about um the way somebody was was building their community and giving gratitude i think i sent you a link to this and about how they um, mentioned and tagged 20 of their best supporters and followers on on whatever they were doing. And the person I was talking to was saying, oh, he's playing the numbers game. He's playing this. And I was like, but wait, he's he's acknowledging, you know, so it's like there are going to be people that see what we're doing and they put a meaning on it or their perception or their spin on it. Whereas if we, if we hear people speaking like that and say, well, I'm doing the same thing or I do it different and here's why I do it. So that you, there's judgment mm-hmm. constantly, especially yeah. you know, with the internet. So it's like, how do we stand in the force of that tsunami of judgment? And so we better be pretty secure in ourselves to be able to deal with that. But it's like if we are constantly battling resistance within ourselves, it makes it difficult to withstand the onslaught of judgment from the outside. And and so this is what I was noticing. And for myself, the the I'm pretty good at the onslaught from the outside. That doesn't really disturbed me much um 
for a number of different reasons I won't <laughs> I could or could, could or could not go into um but I mean it's just it's something that I keep repeating you know it's like the way I was raised and the way I'm hardwired and and you know neurodivergence definitely plays a part in that um because I don't care uh and, <laughs> and um but the it's the neurodivergence for me is like the the yeah I don't care so much that that's almost part of the resistance to not make the effort to do some certain things so that's the these are the areas that I have to watch um if for example I don't care what people think and it's like I don't care you know it's like I should be doing that but I really don't care um it's like okay and so this is a lot of stuff in here made me look at that and okay well what would make me care and sit down and write these I've got a list with all these articles that I should be writing and posting meh <laughs> doing research on something else is more interesting so it does now he doesn't it's one of one of the few things that I have not a bone to pick with him but I feel like he's mostly talking to neurotypicals I don't know but there's not word one now granted it was written in this particular one it was written in 2002 and i mean you know come on 20 years it, the, i mean everything is so exponentially fast that 20 years is a long time for things to evolve so and they've only just in the last couple of years really started talking about neurodivergence um so of course it's not going to be in this book um so you Stephen, speculate you need... that it might actually be written for some neurodivergent people right but it is very directive and there are some people who can't okay can't this is the for... thing that, huh they can't do some of the things he's doing in the way that he's being directive so it sound it comes across kind of being judgmental just in the wording plus he just you know there's a lot of he 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 and and not in a laughing way <laughs> so you know it's very gendered um he throws every once in a while there's a perfunctory um she thrown into it because it's not homogeneously he but it might as well be uh, so this kind of thing and and you, know, you could you could tell the times have changed and somebody writing a book right now their editor would be like hey you yeah, know, yeah. You know, put you some persons to... in there, they. In... <laughs> <laughs> but, but in other aspects, this is the kind of book that stands the test of time. And what he's talking about, and how he's talking about, and getting us to look at ourselves and look deep, mm. painfully deep, you know. <laughs> and yeah. How's it different to other books then? Uh, like, why is this one that you highly rate versus another that's quite similar? Because what I find is that books, they, um, they repeat similar themes just in right. a different way. Right, right. Um, this one is like having a... Um, hmm. Again, the art of the war of art. He, you know, it's it's like having the drill instructor that you didn't know you needed. It there's there's, you know, he's not insulting by any stretch of the imagination, but it's like you know direct. Um, it's I mean it, you know it's a fairly thin book. Um, there are you know some pages where it's just like this. Yeah, like half the pages. Right. So, and some of them, you know, are shorter, but they're, you know, it's not long, like this one, you know, the, you know, it, it's just this. A short paragraph, yeah. Right. So it's almost like, you know, a, a devotional um, for creativity <laughs> and resistance, that it's like, if you need a kick in the ass, pick it up. You know, it's the, it's fairly concise, whereas other people would take one section out of it and just, and, and, you know, write an entire chapter on, you know, two of his paragraphs that it's, so it's completely stripped back, which is what Stephen Pressfield does really well. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And, if you can do it in fewer words and still get the message across. That's an art. 
Right, right. And so he's, you know, he's direct. He's a, you know, he goes right in. There's no, um, you know, padding around it. Let's Does say. that mean then you need to have some awareness and understanding of these different principles, like resistance and overcoming your mind fear to be able to digest it? Or if you were completely new, to mm -hmm. read in any personal development book, mm -hmm. would you be able to read it and go, oh, I understand? I think if you, when, and, and, and again, in the era that we're in, I think like everybody has done some kind of introspection. You know, it's just in, in our collective face a lot right now. So um, I imagine when it first came out, people were like, what? And it felt like being punched in the face as I'm guessing. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> they weren't, you know, who talks like this, right? Um, I like it because it's, it's, it is very direct. And so I, I know what he's talking about. And so it's a good question what you're asking. Um, I imagine that it, that's part of, I think, why it could be very effective if people are used to just, you know, oh, hearing the sugar coating of things and, the, you know, and it's like, no, 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 he's direct. It's, it is like, the drill sergeant for your creativity. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think it can be very effective. Now, again, please push past the first part. <laughs> it's the first part. If you're not used to, you know, because it's one right after the other of the different uh, types of resistance that, that. Well, let's talk know. about it. Let's dive into the resistance. So then people are. <laughs> prepared let's say or a bit <laughs> self-aware of what they're going to get themselves into so they are committed to push through it and get to, yeah. the, to the juicy stuff yeah I don't want to scare everybody and uh <laughs> and um because it's definitely um you know, it's like all the, all the things. That, and the one, the one that really got me, it was like, you know, oh, are you watching all this Netflix for today? And I was just like, what? Who? Is, he, <laughs> is there a camera? Does he have a camera in my house? You see me. Oh, no. <laughs> Netflix around me? I feel so seen, but not in the ways I want to be. And uh, <laughs> um, the, you know, and again, here's, you know, good news, bad news. Um, I don't know what the good news is, but the but the <laughs> resistance is is insidious, and it, no matter what level we're on, we it, there's always going to be resistance. We're always going to have things that we come up against, and so it's a really good um, now's the time, right, to build the muscles because it's never going to go away. And I think this is where people get caught up. Is like, ah, uh, I think they want a one and done. They want to take the magic pill. Yeah, or they push through a little bit of it. Right. And then get so tired that they give up. So they right. make them try a little. But right. But then they get to the, the, the resistance again, and they just are not ready to take that next push. Right. But also, it's, it, you know, the, the thing of, of, you know, just try it. Because it might not be the thing for you. But you don't know yeah. unless you try. Mm, um, like, for example, doing the podcast when I started doing the podcast with Alex and then I, I recognized pretty immediately that editing was not my thing. <laughs> and, and so I'm not going to push and push and push to make sure that it's not my thing. No, I know. I know it's not my thing. So I'm better at other things. And but it's if if your muscles for the resistance and your boundaries and if you can build them. So this book will help you do that because the first thing is about um, labeling, labeling them and the awareness around it. And it's sort of like this, what with the Stephen Kotler book, the awareness is the first part of anything yeah. uh, because we can't deal with it if we're not aware of it. And it's like my mother would say, languaging things is so powerful. And as soon as we put language on it, then it's tangible because the resistance likes hiding in the shadows. Mm -hmm. And when we can say, ah, okay, I know why I'm not doing my invoices because I'm doing this and that, and you're going to ha ha ha. Okay. You know, screw you. I'm, you know, I need to do this. So, you know, to do them, I'm now going to push past resistance and say, okay, every Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock, I'm working on it. Even if I don't, even if I just get 
two sentences out, even if I just look up something, it takes me an hour to do it at least at 10 o'clock on Tuesday, I'm doing my invoices. So this is the deals. This is part of the thing of the drill sergeant thing. It's like, no, this Build is not your discipline. Right. Now, this is the hard part for neurodivergence. It's very, very difficult to be systematic like that. Very difficult. And so it's like, okay, but what can I do? You know, so this is what I've been thinking about this week um, after picking this up and reviewing it again. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I do, ha- I do struggle in certain areas like that because everything I do is not random but you know when i get my stuff done um some stuff more than others um and some stuff are definitely avoided (laughs) because i have to sit in a chair so it's like okay how would that work do i you know because i have a piece of wood a big piece of wood that i put on the handlebars of the treadmill it's like okay can i can i put my computer on that well the answer is yes um and (laughs) and and do some of the invoice work while i'm walking for example you know so it's just trying to find a way to work around certain types of resistance because i don't want to use the add and the certain you know the dyslexia and the certain things as a crutch go yeah i can't do that because i because yeah you know, I don't want to justify it. Right. So this is part of the resistance because then he talks about justifying. It's one of the things, you know, <laughs> so it's like, mm. um, and it's like, he, the, but what he also says is like resistance is impersonal. It doesn't care. It's not out to get you. It just is, you know, it's not out to get you personally. It doesn't know who you are and it doesn't care. Yeah. It's a force of nature. And it acts objectively. It visits everybody. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's universal, you know, he says it plays for keeps because it wants you to stop doing what you're doing. You know, so and it never sleeps. And these things, but I I imagine it was, you know, the first part for some people would be like, God, why even bother? You know, why try? Yeah, it seems like a mammoth task to overcome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's and it's fueled by fear. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the part for me and being neurodivergent. Mine isn't. It's just it's hard for me to focus. It's hard for me to because I'm pretty fearless and I do stuff because it's dangerous or because it's foolish, you know, because it, <laughs> that's, that's a stupid thing to do. I'll do it. Right, that's impossible. I'll try. You know, this is like, this is actually part of my fuel. And, and so then I start thinking, it's like, okay, if I'm fueled by fear in a good way, in a positive way, how can I engineer it, the stuff that I'm resistant to, to maybe have that be an, an, um, an instigator? to do it and and of course you know with the add thing i have to break things into chunks um which makes it difficult you know certain things like that it's like um like for example paying invoices is very difficult because i have to in paperwork and administrative stuff because i have to sit in a chair and and i have and it's linear which which is agonizing and so it's it's easy to procrastinate with that stuff and it's like if I get up out of the chair and then it's like, you know, I'm supposed to be working and all of a sudden I notice I'm upstairs, you know, arranging my socks by color and, you know, season. I'm like, what, how did I get up here? You know, kind of a thing. Um, <laughs> it's, but I know I'm not the only one, you know, it, but it's like, why are we doing it is important to understand. Um, my things happen to be, yeah, the neurodivergence thing. And it's hard for me to to um, maintain focus for things that aren't interesting. And people on the spectrum are the same way. It's the things that are interesting. Fuck, we could we can drop into flow state almost immediately. But the um, the other things, if it's boring, it has nothing to do with other people. Which is I don't. That's what I was saying. I don't. I personally don't 
suffer from that thing mm -hmm. that type of thing like the writing thing if i put this out are people going to like it i'm like that doesn't even occur to me um yeah. and it has nothing to do with ego of like you know my stuff is so great i don't care you know it has nothing to do with that either <laughs> so because he talks in here about ego letting go of ego as well um um and he says resistance is most powerful at the finish line now that i find interesting also because i don't particularly suffer with that one but i know a lot of people that do I know a lot of people that do. Um, so uh, the other thing that's cool about this, reading this book again, it, it's like, um, oh, hi, kitty. <laughs> She's off. You have a ginger kitty to match you. I do, exactly. That's pretty adorable. <laughs> She's cute. Oh, wait, it's me in a cat. <laughs> <laughs> but I, in reading it again, I thought, oh my gosh, I, I'm so happy that I picked this up as the next book. He's like, oh gosh, so many people that I've been talking with and coaching, they're suffering from these things. So this is actually gives me something to say. Okay, you, you this is you need to read this or listen to it on audio, um, because they're yeah. I see a lot of suffering around this stuff. Yeah, and then and then there's a lot of people then heap shame and guilt on themselves because of the resistance, which is another thing I don't really suffer on. Now I do, I do go, ah, uh, uh, what, is, you know, <laughs> why can't you do your invoices? What is the matter? But I don't continually bash myself. I'm aware of it, but I don't, it doesn't, again, bring me to my knees mm -hmm. where I see it happen with a lot of people. Um, so in that respect, I'm like, oh, thank God I'm neurodivergent. <laughs> in my particular neurodivergent cocktail right um um yeah there's there's so much that in the first part in terms of awareness of how we are how how the how the resistance manifests is super important if you're willing to just look at it so i would say take a deep breath meditate you know close the book remeditate um to to be able to i want to say go the depths and and you'll get so much out of it because if we again if we name it and pull it into the light um it has less power but there's certain things and pay attention to like mark the pages ah oh, yeah i suffer with that one no i don't really suffer from that one you know the one about it's you you because there's a lot of people who get to the the finish line of something and then they self-sabotage mm -hmm. and so um perfectionists do that they um work mm -hmm. on something mm -hmm. to their really high standards the perfect standard right their excellence and it, it's good right. enough to be out there, but mm -hmm. something's not quite right. So they just go, well, it's done. Right. That's it. I give up on it. And no one ever sees it. Right. It's like, wow, that's actually like amazing to a lot of people. But there's just one thing that's not quite right. So they just won't mm -hmm. put it out there. That's self-sabotaging. Right. Right. And so I've been asking myself going through all of these, I've been doing a lot of thinking um, this last two weeks in, in terms of and I thought I would blaze through I was like, oh it's it's short you know <laughs> I have to admit I'm like well I'm gonna I'm gonna choose a small book and I was like oh my god that boy did that backfire <laughs> <laughs> small but makes you stop oh my god yes you know I could like read one of them and go uh because then I, I then I, I look at all the things and my patterns and like okay is it really like that is it, you know, so I'm in like full analytical mode of, <laughs> you know, reanalyzing what are my process with that? And like, how is that connected to that? And is that, is that, you know, the a symptom or a cause, you know, cause it's not clear a lot of the, the things in our behaviors. Um, and of course, being a behavioral scientist, I mean, this stuff is like crack for me. So, and which can become procrastination and, <laughs> you know, like, huh. <laughs> um but it's like they're saying there's another one um resistance recruits allies and so um 
you know, who are we pulling into our orbit that reaffirms the lies that we want to tell ourselves? And I don't say lies because uh, it's that part of it sounds kind of negative, but the stories that we're telling ourselves and that we want to believe. So who are we pulling into our orbit or what are we pulling oh, to into justify orbit? the behavior? Right. Right. I see this with many groups of people where um, right. Right. they know their problem. And sometimes it tends to be, and I, I hear this a lot, it's about their health. They um, think that they are like overweight, let's say. But mm. what they tend to do is they keep people in their circle that are just like them to justify that it's okay to behave a certain way. Mm. And then they stay trapped in that way of thinking and being. And they mm. do little to change it because it's really hard to then dive into um, the self-awareness. Like, why am I doing this? Right. And you can also say like um, people who manage um, leaders and managers who are um, very critical or, you know, and let's they're abusive. They can be abusive. And they the management style leadership style is like, no, we have to be this way. And but if they're surrounded and they and they surround themselves with other people that are doing the same kind of negative leadership and management practices then they don't have to look at themselves yeah yeah and instead of doing the difficult thing of just stretching and growing and and being the kind of leader or manager that requires being in the unknown and doing something different or following their heart because you know and it doesn't feel good no it doesn't that kind of leadership doesn't feel good but everybody else is doing it you know there's books being written and sold and you know just do it yeah go 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 do it do it do it and you know the pressure from it the hustle culture is another one um and so it's like is it the good way you know marketing it touches everything you know again it, then this taps into the mimetic behavior of luke, luke burgess book um and and the uh, you know it all it's all connected and <laughs> but we can tell ourselves that no 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 this is fine because it's just easier it's like the water will go in the path of least resistance and this is the 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 part of the wording the word choice of being a warrior it's not easy you know when you think of the navy seals they're like the best at being uncomfortable they pride themselves on on being the best at being uncomfortable because everybody else would be like i don't want to sit in the cold water and <laughs> you know <laughs> and and so they're really good at it and so it's like okay what is the discomfort of doing what we need to do and can we be good at the discomfort of um doing what it takes to produce or or advance in the areas that we want to advance in um, and and be good at our skill you know our particular skill of what we do and that is in the creativity when I use creativity um, and he says he's you know he's talking about artists and writers and blah 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 but it, it it's everything you know the art of leadership the you know the that's that's a thing so it's like, what does it take to be good at that? What does it take to be good at, mm, yeah, the skill we were born to do, the, the, the thing, not the skill, but the, but the calling. Um, so what parts of discomfort come with that? You know, of course, the next thing is like, can we outsource the things that are uncomfortable? And <laughs> hey, that's the first thing that comes to mind. It's like, I don't like it. I'm not willing to change it. But I'm so um, focused on where I'm going. Maybe I need the skills to come in and do it. So I have the habit of just bypassing my reasons why. Like, I don't want to sit there and think, oh, this is the reason. I'm like, i got to move forward. Um, at my detriment, it's an, it's an opportunity for me to listen and learn. Um, so, yeah, I, I have that with, I just outsource. I just jump to that part. Just get it done, move forward. Mm -hmm. Pros and cons to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the, but the, if, if we can be aware of it and we know why we're doing it, it's like, you know, w when I was going through um, different university classes, um, there's, you know, I took accounting 
and, and I took all these things because I knew later on I would be hiring somebody. I knew I'd, I didn't want to become an accountant, you mm. know, and I didn't want to become an economist, but I wanted to know. I wanted to know that if I was in a position where I had to hire somebody or talk to somebody, you know, and outsourcing wasn't a thing back then. Uh, but we have we have these tools and opportunities at our fingertips that are, are extraordinary that uh, can help us do what we want to do better than if we were doing it. Because trust me, uh, you know, me doing my own accounting. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um, probably not a good idea because I'm going to miss something because I'm, I'm horribly numerically dyslexic. I forget the word for that. Um, and and yeah, it's not the best thing for me to be doing. Mm-hmm. And so that but if we know that about ourselves and that we can't we do have the tools at our fingertips these days um, to to be able to make the decision. Okay, is that something I want to do or not? You know, again, it's the, making the choices, saying, no, I think I need to find somebody else. The editing, you know, I'm not going to be the best editor because I just I don't like it. <laughs> I could do it if I have to. But that's a waste of my time and your energy as well. The passion Mm -hmm. that you put in your passion that you would put into other areas. That's the thing. Be just like diminishing that if you force yourself to do something that you really didn't enjoy or that the skills just weren't there. Right, right. And I'm not the best at it. So it's like, why not have somebody who's better than me? I don't have an ego attached to it um because i just i should you know like but it's better that you go through that process and you're aware of it to find someone than just go no i just don't like doing the accounts and leaving it there or avoiding Mm -hmm. it not telling yourself that this is a problem um that's actually one of the key reasons why business owners fail after three years uh usually it's it's cash flow and so a lot of people, they just don't like the numbers. And they're like, okay, fair enough. That's just not the way that you are. No problem. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs are creative naturally. And numbers Absolutely. is their biggest problem. But they avoid it, avoid it, avoid it. And they jump from project to project to project because they say, oh, well, you know, it's failing. Um, they had that optimism, that energy to keep, uh, you know, focus on the task at hand. But when it doesn't follow through, they jump to the next project. But really what it is, is that they're not having that conversation of, I actually just don't know what the numbers mean. I don't know how to make that profitable. I don't know how to right. market that, whatever it is. And right. it's say, well, maybe you need to learn. If you need to learn, okay, go down that route. Mm-hmm. If not, and it's just something that crushes your soul, then who is the person you need to work with right. to do it for you so right. then you can advance to the future you're looking to achieve? Exactly. It's like right now I'm like, I've got this like completely steep um, learning curve with um nfts web3 um you know community using nfts with community and tokens and how do you and it's like first in my head i have to i have to build the files that i can put the information in and i'm like i don't you know what am i looking at here so i'm trying to discern that and so what i'm doing is flinging myself into <laughs> conversations and in these communities and go okay like you know and looking around and going what am i doing but in a situation like that you and learn because i like learning by doing and it's like you have to be uncomfortable uncom- with being uncomfortable and so that is kind of my flavor of the navy seal discomfort thing um and it, so it doesn't you know i actually actively seek it out and it's like i want to know about this and i don't know anything about it i you know and because i'm an artist it's like yes i want to know about you know the everything around the creating of nfts i don't just want to get on the platform and put my artwork on there without knowing all the stuff around it because how would i make decisions how could i make because it's like the wild west out there right now and so how would you know you're making a good decision and if you just put it out there that's like you know just opening the door and you're in the other room but you still don't know how the weather is or something i can't i need to come up with a good metaphor for that but it's the but the learning about it um is and i don't have to know everything but i want to know something about it i want to know where the edges are 
and the and the parameters are. Um, but I do have to be careful, and I am very careful because I know it's an area of procrastination, possible procrastination. You know, all the rabbit holes around it. It's like, oh, that looks interesting. What you know? What wait? That looks interesting. <laughs> and so, yeah, I have to be careful with it. But it, I know it's part of my trajectory um, of where I'm going. So it is connected, and it's important. It's not some completely random thing about. <laughs> tell you what somebody sent me this a pony uh, this tiny tiny pony playing in the snow and I was like oh, little horses I should I want a little horse you know <laughs> spent hours and hours looking at like miniature horses because miniature horses are different than little ponies and we'll go into it but you know I'm not going to go off on that rabbit hole because I know what that's going to do to me yeah it has nothing to do with my trajectory mm-hmm enjoyable as it might be you know i might save that like right before i go to bed or something when i'm just like looking at stuff and but not during the day that's forbidden that's Mm -hmm. part of my thing it's like i have parameters of things so this is the making friends with the awareness it's an interesting making friends with Well, if you're making friends with it, it feels quite accepting. There's like the non-judgmentalness of the patterns that we have. And so it's like Stephen Pressfield can be the drill instructor. And then there's parts of us that can be like, ah, it's okay. It's okay. We see that we do that. It's okay. Now, how do we want it to be? Mm -hmm. This has been, this is, you know, but like he, he speaks about procrastination, the pernicious aspect of procrastination is that it can become a habit. And I understand that. And so that one is very, that part is very, very difficult. And that's what I was trying to think about is like, okay, what part of what I do is part of the ADD and, and the being on the spectrum and what part of it is really procrastination which is hard to tell it's very very difficult to tell that um so i'll be doing some further thinking on it but there um yeah and so so the awareness of what we're doing and and being as non-judgmental as possible in coming up with a new strategy is but again it's a building it's like a muscle you have to you can't look at you know your set of weights over in the corner and think about lifting them and then suddenly you have muscles and it doesn't work that way and this this stuff is the same way self-development is the same way this book reminds me of uh, feel the fear and do it anyway yes it's one of the ones i was thinking well, should i do this one next <laughs> yeah because it, it sounds very similar it's like recognizing the fear and um for me it was like a physiological um like awareness of like oh my god my palms are sweating and i could feel that and it's like well, what's going on right now what's happening to me oh i'm fearing this moment because sometimes i have to be in the moment to know it's the thing that i don't like a bit like you i would just take it on and just go all right let's go for it and in the moment, I'm like, my body's reacting, uh, especially with, and still to this day, if I'm doing uh, like a networking group and I'm meeting other people, you have your 60 seconds to say who you are, what you're about, what right. is it is that you're looking for. Great structure. And you've got 60 seconds and I'm a bit of a waffler. So it's like, ah, 60 seconds, don't do this to me. Um, mm-hmm. So I have to be really <laughs> concise with my thoughts. And so I have to plan it sometimes rather than free flow. Um, right. But in the moment, my heart starts to like pound, especially exactly. if I'm, uh, if it's, if I know the order that it's going in. So if right. I know I'm 10th in the queue, the heartbeat gets harder and faster by the ninth person. But if right. I didn't know it's coming, I still feel awkward and I still feel the sweaty palms. Uh-huh. I don't know when it's coming. And so when they say my name is like, ah, oh, okay, in the moment and I can do it then. I totally agree with you. I'm the same way. It's the waiting anticipation yeah the anticipation of it so the fear of the fear Mm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) i didn't know this until i I went through that book and i recognized it but i suppose with um this book it's it's different in that um there's a lot of thoughts um 
and patterns that you're recognizing maybe um, afterwards rather than in the moment. So when you were talking, I was thinking about a resistance that I had, and I love this. Mm -hmm. It just stays firmly in my mind. Um, and I was with my business coach. I recommend working with coaches if you're trying mm -hmm. to advance Absolutely. in somewhere. Absolutely. And if you're not willing to advance, that's fine. Stay mediocre. Yeah. That's just where you're at. It's not a problem. But when you are looking to advance, get a coach because exactly. they would just say something and you're just like, oh, my God, you did that. Um, and, and this is the moment. And so I was uh, starting my business, growing it and building my visibility. And I was suffering with imposter syndrome, although I thought I wasn't I thought no I've got this I can and I will uh, that's my attitude but this was the little lie in my mind that I wanted to bury very deep and it came to LinkedIn and she was like well a lot of your connections are on LinkedIn you know and you've got clients on LinkedIn so why are you not putting yourself out there and I had all the reasons I justified it and she was like oh okay that doesn't sound um, like that's the truth and she's like, so what is really going on? And as soon as she said that, I was like, oh, my God, I'm exposed like a rabbit in the headlights. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. It's because I don't want them to think that I am a failure, that I'm rebranding myself. Right. I'm an imposter. Like, how can this Tammy go mm -hmm. from being this to now that? And it right. just came out my mouth. And she's like, and there you go what are you going to do about it? And I was like, oh my God, no, no. Cause I was in the moments. Right. And it's like, right. well, I recognize it. And of course I want to right. move forward. And she's asking now, what do I need to do? And it's like, I just need to post. I just, I just have to post. I have to get beyond this. That's and the word came thing. out that's and I knew that's thing. the action I had to take. So it was yeah. just, it was happening before me. And as soon as we finished that call, the first thing I did was write a post. I don't know what it's about. I should go hunt for it, actually. It would be quite interesting to see what it was. Um, but I took that step and I still had those fears. I felt it, but I was doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I, I taught myself to be creative because there's different ways of communication mm -hmm. when you're putting it on like a social media platform versus, you know, talking it through with someone, which I'm far more familiar and comfortable with because I can explain myself better right. when it comes to written form short uh text that's that's different so what am I trying to do so I learned the art of communication in different ways for different people for for me for my message and so on so it was it was a creative act as a result of getting through that moment of fear and resistance exactly I, I love that story because it completely showcases exactly what he's talking about with this and you're and you are also you also put your finger on it that it's like and this is the future is everybody having a coach for something in particular at any given point in their lives and and again this is the thing that that i'm lucky with with my mom it's it, you know they didn't call it a coaching but but it was she would you know they would call it therapy but she would pick she would say pick different people you know a therapist or a mentor and and speak with them at different phases that you're going through so yeah. she kind of taught me how to form my own coaching um um practice not practice but but you know it's like i'm doing it of course now i am but <laughs> no no how to build your own you know orbit of, of support system of coaches and it's incredibly valuable because they change and whatever we're doing you might need one a particular coach for this phase of what, something you're going through or something that you're struggling with or that you really want to push forward or achieve and you wouldn't choose the same coach for something else and so to be able to you know but again it's that awareness thing of what do i need and and so that's part of the um i don't want to say the self-help thing that's coming out because there's you know just tons of self-help books and they're like just do it but they don't say really how and so the the but again with coaches it's the, this is the answer in the future of having um a number of people but it's funny the um coaches and courses that allow you to advance is also a big resistance there's loads of clients that i get when we're trying to work out are we right for each other they have all the reasons not to do it 
And I find that there's certain um, topics in life that we can find reasons not to do, yet they are the single biggest things that will advance us and make us Mm -hmm. uh, just like um, self-actualize to just transcend into our higher power, higher calling. Uh, Yeah, I just find the whole dynamics of overcoming our mind quite complex and beautiful at the same time because once you've got some principles and you're starting to just chip away at it it uncovers so much more and like there's I'm not a finished article absolutely not I want to do ayahuasca because I want to tap into other parts of my mind that I find difficult to find uh, with this you know with the abilities I have right now and so using a, um, uh, a tea that will allow me to tap into more of my mind I find that absolutely fascinating that that will teach me so much but would I be thinking of doing that sort of thing 10 years ago hell no that's terrifying mm-hmm. I just needed to chip away at the small things and for me it started with my health I had to start there and I think a lot of people start with their health yeah, yeah. and once they realize that they can overcome their excuses and battles uh, that's when they can start to take on the next element of their life and it might be their career it then might go into their relationships it's, it's a nice evolution but you just got to take that leap of faith and begin right right no it's and again it's the the um some people i imagine would read this book and it would be very threatening to their identity oh um, yeah and because everything starts with the identity, what identity have we built around? Because of the ego and the identity are the, you know, fast friends. And, <laughs> and is it, you know, what is that built on? And what is that, you know, and I think of it in terms of a Jenga game, you know, the wooden pieces that you mm-hmm. pull out and that is it still standing? What can you pull out? And, you, and then you place them on top. Uh, and so that tends to be a very unstable structure and I think of in terms of building our sense of identity broad and low so that we can withstand a hit. If something, you know, attacks one part of our identity, the whole thing isn't going to come crashing down. And this is kind of how I was raised without, you know, speaking in those terms. This is my metaphor now that I use to explain it, but it's, you know, again, the muscles of, you know, uh, emotional um, intelligence, that it's, it's, you know, what is our identity built on? And, and that we, you know, to be resilient, and to be, um, you know, build the structure in such a stable way, it's exact same concept when I'm coaching people with startups or a small business, and when they're starting something, is that build it so it can take a hit. And it's no different in how we navigate life and how we how we look at our identity. Um, if we can't take a hit with um, a negative comment on a post that we do, it's like, ooh, there's some work to be done there. Do you have there- a book that you'd recommend that focuses on that on its own? So around like the ego, the identity, oh, yeah. and resilience. Mm-hmm. What is yep. that book called? That is by... Um, um, I told you I'm having trouble with names this last week. Um, Ryan, and it's called The Ego is the Enemy. Um, Can we do that in our next book review? (laughs) Why not? That's a good one. That's a good one. I've always wanted to dive into ego. What does that mean? What does it look like? This one's powerful. Okay, great. That has to be the next one. Ryan Holiday. Yeah. Actually met him. Didn't didn't met him at a at a conference, a Tim Ferriss conference, in two thousand eight. No, two thousand had to be two thousand eleven, two thousand ten, twelve. Um, and um, yeah, didn't talk to him briefly, <laughs> but but he's he's an amazing guy. I pay attention to what he writes. Um, well, both of them are amazing, but the but Ryan Holiday, I really really. I love the way he writes and I like his just the way his brain works and uh, um, but that book the ego is the enemy is is really good really really good awesome so let's end on our big question 
our big what? yellow question what would the world look like if they read this book the war of art it's funny because i see a pattern now all my answers are starting to look the same on this question um uh, i think people would like everybody who we would interact with would have a better understanding of themselves and and they they would be on the path of building those muscles of the awareness and interact in such a way that you know there just be would be a higher level of creativity um you know it would be phenomenal because again that whole thing of it starts with self in terms of management and leadership and and so it would touch everything if everybody read this yeah i know this is going to start sounding like like a broken record but i mean again the, the books that i'm picking <laughs> to discuss they do kind of tend to have that in common that it's like wow if everybody read it that would be i, I wonder mean, the next uh um, next book review if everyone read the book about the ego what would happen uh, the world will melt down first of all <laughs> yeah and you know and then it will rebuild well things would be designed in a different way P things would be you know the way people would treat each other would be very different because you know it's like my mom said you know anytime we're in any social situation we're always just working out our childhood shit on each other and oh my god that's so true yes it is yes it is and i have that in my head no matter what i'm doing i have it in my head all the time so this is one of the things that is one of the reasons that phrase right there is one of the reasons where i don't take things personally i can look at like comments that people make um and i'll be like wow somebody needs to look at your childhood shit and then other people just when it when it's directed at me or something i'm just like yeah okay you've got some stuff to work out i understand you know that comment you know may, fair enough maybe you know i'm able to look at it objectively 